And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from an internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. I'm your host as always, Ronnie Landis. And we have quite the episode lined up for you. My guest, Mark England, this is part two of an ongoing conversation that we started um, last week. So if you remember, if you were tuning in from our Facebook Live broadcast, we went deep into language. And that's, that's, that's one of the foundational principles that Mark has really devoted his entire professional life to, which is conscious language upgrade, architecting your reality through using architect language. So maybe we'll brush up on what that is, do a little bit of a recap on um, Procabulary, which is an idea and a company and a course that Mark um, developed to help people really upgrade their language. And we're going to talk a little bit more about why that's important, some of the mechanics around that. Our last interview that we did together went did a deep dive into that. So if you haven't listened to that interview, go back over that. Um, and today, our focus is on goal setting. And uh, this, this is a deep topic. So for a lot of you, if you're like me, you've been in the personal development world uh, for a long time. I've been in the personal development world for almost two decades um, I was introduced to Tony Robbins. I think, you know, the idea of Tony Robbins when I was about maybe 13, 14, just through those infomercials and, you know, just different people like Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar and Les Brown and Brian Tracy and eventually more of the Wallace Waddles and James Allen from Think and Grow or As a Man Thinketh and getting into a lot of those classical kind of American literature on personal development and Napoleon Hill, obviously, Think and Grow Rich, all, all that stuff. Yeah, I became like kind of a connoisseur and like a lot of many, like, like a lot of people, we get obsessed about 
personal development and transformational work. And we want to soak up everything like a sponge. And one of the ideas that comes out of that is this idea of goal setting. And Mark, this is a deeper topic that meets the eye, isn't it? Because we can write down our goals, we can write down our informations, but it doesn't seem to be that simple. Um, There seems to be a lot more to it. And if I'm not mistaken, most of us, maybe it's not just me, but most of us probably don't tend to have maybe the mechanics or the the modalities for effective goal setting, maybe part of that's based on our language. Um, But I'm curious why, first of all, I just want to talk about, let's just open this up. But, but what I want, I want to lead into with this is why do you think um, I'm assuming that you think this actually, because I didn't ask if you think this, but if you think this, why do you think that maybe goal setting and even the personal development industry might be slightly broken, um, as it's presented to us and how can, and, and what is a, you know, how, how do we, how do we effectively goal set? I'm giving a goal setting workshop next weekend at a CrossFit gym. And as things stand right now, we are heavy on promotion. And what I mean by that is uh, uh, Facebook pages, okay? Nothing nothing new there. Um, Repetitive posts. I have at the very least, made 30, three, zero, one-minute personal invitations for people to come to this, okay, that are around the community, and which is, on a side note, a great way to get people to come to your events, okay? Um, and it's fun, too. It creates connection, and people are like, oh, well, this guy sent me a personal invitation. But that's a completely different part of the conversation. Why, I, why we're having to do that right now, uh, a couple of reasons. Um, and the first, first one is that goal setting, the idea of goal setting is a snoozer. Okay? Oh, uh, goal setting, uh, f- fun. Okay, right. I mean, I've, I've goal set before I write, I write some things down before I re- I read, you know, I read a book and they were talking about the, the, the power of goal setting. Uh, and, and that I understand why people think that, because guess what? It is <laughs> most of the time it is, but when we do it with a, in a, in a certain way with a certain style and just a little bit of understanding about what we're doing and what happens when we do what we're doing and where most people start when it comes to goal setting or the lack thereof, then it puts a little bit of um, shine on the conversation, a little bit of sex appeal. So let's start at the beginning. Same thing with what we went into last time, Ronnie, and thanks again for having me back on the show. Thanks everybody for listening to this. Very cool. Everything that we talk about in Procabulary and in Lifted, which is the the the, the uh, version of Procabulary for the fitness industry, goal setting, it's all a conversation about education. Okay. Uh, relevant side note: I was down in Mexico two weekends ago, and I'm at the pool, and 
having a conversation with this guy. And I just, I say it off the cusp, man. I'm just making stupid small talk, truth be told. This guy's name was uh, Hara. And I'm like, so Hara, what, uh, what, what are we going to do about world peace? And he goes, it all comes down to learning. And he said it just like that. And I said, dude, I'm going to quote you on that because he's right. And then he said, it comes down to learning and it comes down to unlearning. I didn't have any conversations, classes, nothing about goal setting, also known as the art and science of how to stay focused on what matters to me in school. Okay. I had no idea that I could write down things that I could do in the future or can do in the future or want to do in the future or will do in the future if I dot, da, dot, da, dot, and then, then the necessary processes or action steps. I didn't know what that would do. I didn't know the profundity of it. So where most people start is uh, as, a, as a non-goal setter. Roughly speaking, and stop me at any time, I'm about to go on a rant, okay, interject, I'm I'm great with that. Um, 97% of the population has zero, no written goals about what they would like to do with their life in any form or fashion, in any time frame, at all, period, okay? 3% of the population does, and when someone takes this at times seemingly 500-pound pen and puts it to paper about stuff that they'd like to do that starts to bump up into their identity and scares them about what they can do and what what they deserve to achieve, all that stuff. Dude, goal setting is spooky. And done right, it will rock your identity, which is one of the arguably the, the biggest value add for the whole thing. You saw this at the strong coach. Okay. 3% of the population write it down and it can be lose more weight. Okay. Which is a, a very, let's just say that's, that's where most people start. Okay. Once someone does that, they're now in the 3% category. And just by writing it down, even in that way, which is, which is, you know, it's, it's a great start and there's so much more beyond it their likelihood of achieving that goes up 10 times, 1,000%. So now let's, let's focus on the 97% of the population. So uh, like may, maybe if you're anything like me in school, there were more than uh, a couple of occasions where I didn't turn in any paper at all when a paper was due. Okay? I did that. Uh, a lot, a lot. I was a C, C minus, C plus student. Uh, there were there were plenty of occasions when I handed in a draft the night before, and this is a great way to to start the conversation about goal setting. It makes people understand things. The night before, get something down on paper. I've got a deadline. I've got a due date. Okay, so I just write, I write a rough draft, maybe even the morning of, and I hand it in. Okay, I'm probably going to get, for me, you know, this, you know how I am, uh, I would get a, a, a C, maybe a D, sometimes a B, not very often. Okay, when I would take the time to get my thoughts on paper and refine my thought process, so I'd 
I'd get a draft on paper and then I'd go do something else. Maybe I'd come back three hours later, go through it again, take out some of it. I would develop my, 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 my thinking, my argument, tighten it up. Cool. That's a second draft. If I handed it a second draft, I usually got a C plus or above. And if I was feeling, uh, uh, confident, I did, I handed in a third draft. So I come back a third time and I sit down with my, I look at my, 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 my product and I refine it again. Okay. I hand that in. I'm getting a B and I know I'm getting a B. Now, if you fall into the category of not the 97% of the population that does not write anything down, you don't even have a draft to hand in. And when that happens, what people would probably like to hopefully do one day if X, Y, and Z works out stays as a broken, looping conversation in the mind, okay? And that vagueness, that lack of focus, it, it breeds a, a certain flavor of anxiety and doubt. And it also begins to influence our identity in, most of the time, negative ways, okay? I often start goal-setting workshops with the question, how do you turn a dream into a goal? Or what's the difference between a dream and a goal? And, you know, we get answers and, and, and the answer is very simple. A dream is in your mind, okay? A goal is written on paper. The last goal-setting workshop I did, this guy goes, I've got two examples of this. They're both fresh. A guy goes, um, you know, I'm, and, and this is how he did it. This is what he said, and this is how he said what he said. He goes, you know, I'm just really stressed out about all the things that I have to do at work. Okay, notice where I'm looking. That's how he did that. That's how he said that. And, and I asked him, I said, well, how many? And he stopped and thought, and I said, write them down. Yes. And I was, I've, I've seen this enough with myself and other people that when someone goes like this and they talk about all the things that they have to do, that is an, a clear indicator, not 100%, but a very clear indicator that they have yet to write that down. Yes. And they've got, they've got, they're juggling, quote unquote, all this stuff in their <laughs> brain. And mm -hmm. it's, that's the recipe for overwhelm. Yeah. And he wrote them down and I took a guess. I was right on this account. And I said, I bet there's between five to seven things that you have to do. And he goes, I wrote down six. And wow. I said, how does it feel? Because you were just there. What's the difference between having them up here and then, and then written down on paper? It was crazy town. The guy was all stressed out. And he's like, now I've got direction. I know what to do. I know what mm. to prioritize, which mm. is also one of the the, one of the things that goal setting helps people do is cut that slash, that overwhelm in, in more than just half. I mean, it usually, it usually cuts it by about 85%. Wow. And yeah. last week I was on a call with a girl and she goes, um, she said, she said the same things. She said the same thing. 
and she did basically did the same thing. She's like, um, I've just got so much to do. Mm-hmm. And she literally took her, her, her hands and stuck them on her head. And I see that and I'm like, cool. She's got a bunch of quote unquote dreams, desires. They're up here yeah, in the yeah. creative world. I don't know what that's called, but it's, it's, it's up here. It's in the head. She needs to take this thing and make them bring it, bring it down to earth. I said, have you written it down? She goes, no, she wrote it down. She had three things to do. Okay. Let's keep going with this. Cause this is important. Two weeks ago, a woman came in and she was very distraught, very emotional. Okay, because there's a whole huge emotional side of the conversation to goal setting. And what her issue was is that she had a botched eyebrow tattoo job. She had gone in and had her eyebrows tattooed and they messed up the color. Whoa. Yep. And so what she had to do before she would leave the house is to, is to do create corrective work and uh, uh, as in paint, put, put basically paint on there makeup, a lot of makeup. And she was terrified of it raining when she was going out or somebody splashing some water on her face. I mean, anything that would bring that off. And then she's got these, you know, uh, um, a Klingon looking things on her, on her forehead. <laughs> and, and I said, okay, cool. Let's write down your options. Okay. That's part of options, goals, op- same thing. And she wrote down three things. One, keep doing, leave it just like it is. Okay. And have to prep for 10 minutes. Every time she leaves the house, won't let anyone, no one see her without it. Mm. Okay. She could do that for the next 20 years. Could you do that for the next 20? Yes, I could. Okay. What are the implications? Oh, this, this, and this, I'd be just, it's horrible for me. I said, cool. Okay. Um, now you've got ink. I've got ink. She doesn't have any ink. Right. I'm like, you could get those things removed. And so she wrote that down, get the eyebrow tattoos removed. And I asked her, I'm like, do you know anyone who has uh, uh, gotten tattoos removed? And she goes, no. I said, it hurts. Apparently, it hurts worse than getting the tattoos. And it's about, it takes at least 10 10 rounds. It'll take you a year, minimum. And it's on your face, man. Mm. That's going to sting. And I said, that would be a very painful and drawn out option. And it's also an option, write it down. And then her third option was to, and I'm, I'm repeating these stories because it's super important to get these things written on paper because it was up here causing her stress. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. wrote it down and it was, it was, it, it, it made things manageable. Most people, what they want to do with their life is overwhelming because it's, it's, they haven't gotten into that 3% of the comp population where things are like, okay, this is manageable. Yeah, this is going to be stressful in its own way. Um, and there will be challenges. And, and in some ways, this is going to be harder than just living up here. But mm. guess what? Pick your poison, man. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a famous quote. I love it. I'd rather be trampled in the stadium than be a spectator in the stands. Get in the stadium, everybody. Let's make some moves. It's fun. Um, and then you get to hang out with other people that are doing cool stuff too. But anyway, that's a, you know, that's my little, Mm -hmm. it's just my two cents on it. So she wrote down, I asked her, um, who did, who told you that you couldn't get these things fixed? And she said one, one, I I called a place 
that does tattoo uh, uh, remediation, facial tattoo remediation, as in eyebrows. They only do eyebrows. I'm like, okay, fine, cool. Call five more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never yeah. met anyone that said, I, ne- I wish I never got that second opinion. Yep, yep. Ever. And I said, guess what? Uh, I've seen some very interesting redos in the tattoo world. So branch out to tattoo studios too, because those guys see all kinds of weird stuff, horrible tattoos, and they fix them. She called the third person that she called, because that's what she chose to do. She's like, all right, I'm going to go down this path. She called three people. The third person says, send me pictures. She sent him pictures. She said, I can help you. I can fix this. This is a one-shot deal, $675. She booked in, went and did it. Bang. She circled back and, and she messaged me and she said, this, this woman's a doctor, by the way. She's an MD. Wow. And very, very smart. And she, she wrote back. She said, thank you so much. And just by the way, so you know, if you told me to love myself more, I would have walked out. Mm. There are certain things that action is, is what is, is that's, that's the medicine. Wow. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you told me just to love myself more, um, uh, and those were my two options, really get, get over it and, and get, love yourself more, get over it. Yeah. Good, good advice. That's like, that's like telling someone to just, Oh, be more positive when darkness descends. Right. It's not going to hold up. Mm, mm. And, and, and I've seen a lot of that as far as people getting things written on paper and going like this. (sighs) Okay, cool. I can manage this. I'm going for it. And what, what is, what does, what are we talking about there? They go like this. They, they get their eyes get a little bit wider and they take a sigh of relief of pressure. And they're looking at something in their imagination. They go, okay, I can handle this. I can go for this. Cool. Mm, Let's do mm -hmm. this. They're focusing. Right. 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 Focusing. Goal setting is the art and science of staying focused on what's important to you. Okay. The amazing. So there's a few things that I want to, I want to touch on and you brought up something that I want to, I want to, that I think is going to be really powerful for the conversation. So um, there were two things in my world, in the health world, you know, you see people that come, people come to my doorstep, people I talk to about what they're dealing with. And there will always be the classical person. By the way, I've worked with people that stage three, stage four cancer, prostate, breast sure. cancer, all kinds of diabetic, autoimmune conditions, uh, you know, all the, all the stuff, right? Sure. And there's certain commonalities, psychologically speaking, that show themselves throughout all these quote unquote conditions. And one of them is this, this repeated phrase of, I've tried everything. So they've been to the, the they've been to the allopathic field, and a lot of these people have gone through the the cut burn poison method. They've done chemo, they've done the surgery, they've done the radiation. That didn't work. That made it worse, or whatever. They're now they're overwhelmed. That didn't heal the condition. So now they have to go alternative. So they go on the internet. They go through whatever the naturopath, the nutritionist, whatever. They've done whatever they've done, right? So in their mind, they're at a point of desperation. And they've come to a place where I've tried everything. That becomes the statement because they don't know what else to do. And then what I just walked them through is like, okay, well, let's get out a piece of paper and a pen. 
write out everything you've done. I don't know anyone that's gone past seven. It's interesting you mentioned that number. That seems to be a magic number. I don't know anyone that's gotten past seven things that's actually done that exercise. And so once we do that, it's like, okay, cool. Then like now, now we, we can try something else now that we know what you actually did. Cause I don't know what everything is. Um, so that's number one. So I wanted to mention that as a repeated theme that shows itself in all of our worlds. I think all of us that do, um, service-based work and help people no matter what it is. I think this, this, this sneaky statement shows up as a way to excuse myself from continuing the investigation because maybe I'm just too damn exhausted to keep spinning my wheels. So I just, I'm just, I, I've tried everything, right? Um, and maybe it feels like maybe you want to comment on that. Love to. What that's, and that's common. And I've done that. I've used that statement and suffered and, 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 and mislabeled myself because that's what happens. Cause there's a, there's a, there's a, a side conversation or a sub conversation with that presupposing when I say I've tried everything. And when you said that, I, I, mm. it was interesting. You went like this with your hand. It's like, you know, it's okay. I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> right. Throw my hands up. Let's throw in the towel. I've tried everything. It presupposes that since I have in my mind, in my imagination, tried everything, which is usually, like you said, under 10, okay, then now, uh, and, and whether, the, whether it comes before or after, the two ideas is nothing will work for me and I'm doomed, okay? There's some, I'm a victim. There's something wrong with me. There's something innately wrong. With, and, and truth be told, there's a lot of moving parts to all everybody. And getting the right combination of things that you're adding in and or taking away at the right time, it's, it's, it's your light. You're cracking a master safe. You know, Most of the time, it's not one shot, one kill, permanently done. I've yeah. rarely seen that. Okay. It's a, it's a process. So anyway, um, there's a huge difference between the identity that we presuppose for ourselves. I've tried everything. Um, so now because of that, uh, part of me thinks that I'm done, I'm broken, Mm -hmm. nothing will work. I'm a victim. So I'm going to, uh, uh, I'll be a lot more likely to quit. Mm-hmm. in this next endeavor investigation mm-hmm. okay because guess what it's not it's not it's only part of us if someone is coming to you for help ronnie then part of them is interested in it whether it's 10% or 15% right. if right. 100% of them was here they wouldn't contact you Good okay point. and so uh um people can fix all kinds of stuff with a percentage of them saying, oh, this won't work for me and nothing ever, nothing's worked in the past and nothing works out for me. Let's just, let's add in the rest of this, you know, 30 years of the conversation because nothing really ever worked out for my parents either. So why should I expect anything to really, truly, really work out for me? Like all the other stuff that, 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 that went the way it went, it was, it, it was fake. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and so 
there's an art and a science to when you had that person write down the seven points, the, the seven things that they had done, what you help them do is to shrink immediately, shrink that part of them that thought, well, you know, why even try? Nothing works out for me. What can this guy help me with? That goes from like right there and in their face to psh, psh, over here. And now you've got the rest of them that, that you can work with. And if, if you right. keep doing that or they keep doing that and minimizing this part of them that wants to self-destruct, I've got that in mm. me big time, man. I've, I've, been, I've lived with that my whole life. I have an appetite for destruction. I have an appetite for construction. Okay. And I know how to use my language to help manage these aspects of myself. And that's all I need to do. I'm yeah. not looking to be fixed. Right. I don't know what that means. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's a big distinction you just mentioned there. I'm not looking to be fixed. I'm not broken. I just, I'm looking to manage this perceptual overwhelm. I, in other words, I'm looking for a, new, a different modality or a different approach that's going to allow me to be more effective versus this other weird story of like, I need to be fit. That's a whole different, that's a whole different come from. That's a whole other, that's a whole other show. Totally. Right. Which speaking from the perspective, just side note, speaking from the perspective of physical maladies and degenerative conditions and uh, mental cloudiness or brain fog or, or, you know, let's just say um, some form of disease or degeneration from an autoimmune psychosomatic metaphorical or metaphysical perspective, um, that is the inception point of these diseases. I would just say that as a blanket statement, as a general statement, from a metaphysical perspective, there's, there is a victimization. There is an identity issue rooted in these. You, know, you have the patterns and behaviors and environmental aspects and diet and all this, but those are behaviors that have been rooted. What The rooting system is the identity. 100%. And everybody listening to this, Give yourself a, a, you know, a, not a pass, like a spiritual bypass. Right. Or give yourself, you know, uh, be, be, be a little easy on yourself or a lot yeah. easier yeah. on yourself. Because guess right. what? Many a person before us <laughs> has been doing this. Yeah. As yeah. in creating a separated identity, a mm. fractured identity. The language that we use, it creates separation, okay? A separated self. And the more separated someone, uh, the more of a separated story that someone creates, where this is just my hypothesis. I am a, a language enthusiast, definitely not a scientist. I barely, I, I understand some of the foundations of metaphysics, okay? The more of a separated identity that someone creates for themselves, the more we start to hide in our own mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, then things get weird. Mm. Okay. The, the more, one of the reasons why, you know, AA is so effective is that it gives people community. When people have community, one of the, arguably the most healing thing that people can do is get connected to other people. Yes. Okay. 
that's why I love going on walks with other people. You want to have a good conversation with someone, go on a walk with them. They'll, they'll, you'll talk about the craziest stuff and you'll feel so much better afterwards. We've been doing that. On a side note, you want to improve your health. I, I think that walking is the key. I think it's the, it's the best advice that I can give to everybody because it's free. <laughs> Almost yeah. everybody can do it. And mm. you learned how to do it before you, you didn't have a choice in learn to walk. So that tells me a lot. Like walking is important. <laughs> walking, walking. Um, I was on a rant. I was on a tangent. What was I talking about, Ronnie? Something. We're ta- you're talking about the, the split identity. Yeah, yeah. So, um it's constrictive. Mm. It's, it's, it's constrictive in nature. Like the, I, I mentioned this on your, your other, sh- the, the show we did uh, last is that Rudolf Steiner, he, mm. he said that any force that seeks to constrict or control mm. or, 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 or separate is, is by definition Luciferian. Yeah. That's not a religious statement. Yeah. It's just what he said. I found that, I find that very interesting. Mm. And so when someone writes something down and their world opens up, like they literally go from here to, wow, look at that. That's much cooler than making pictures of me failing a lot. Also known as worrying. Mm. We, we touched on that last time. Yeah, yeah. Looking at where I don't want to go and what isn't possible. The first thing my driving teacher taught me when I got in the car was look where you want to go because you're probably going to go there. It's the reason why the windshield is this big and the rear view mirror is this big. Okay. A lot, some people, the people that worry a lot, their rear view mirror is this big. Right. Okay. And they can barely see around it. So getting some stuff written down on paper. Wow. What that changes my whole worldview. Okay. And then I place myself differently in it. Okay, and then I start asking different questions. Could I actually do that? Mm, mm. Which is a much better conversation to have than nothing ever works out for me. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, I'm doomed there. I'm in the arena with the other one. Okay, and as I, if I, if I write a couple of more things down, as in what would I need to do to, to realize that or manifest that or move towards that move towards that is even better in my opinion Mm, mm -hmm. because somebody takes two or three action steps towards something and they're well on their way and that feels good and then then the landscape changes they're like okay cool uh could could i get a master's degree right write that down or maybe i can i write down i can get a master's degree well from where let's get let's add in some specifics because that's one of the arts and science. That's one of the that's one of the keys for fundamental goal setting. Well, uh, not sure. Okay, cool. When am I going to research degrees? The kind of degrees I want, the kind of degree I want, and where I could get it from. Cool. I'll do that this afternoon. I'll block out an hour of time to research. And at the end of that hour, they're going to have a much more detailed conversation. And yes. so they, 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 now they have three universities that they would like to do. One's online and two, they have to go to uh, physically. Right. So uh, now I'm, when am I going to apply to these? What, what, what's the application process? What's this, this, and this? And then I write down, like next week I'm applying to these. If someone goes from, you know, um, I think, 
I would probably like to get, I would probably like to go back to school Mm -hmm. to I'm applying to these three schools Wednesday and Thursday of next week in the afternoon from two to 4 PM. Those are two completely different person people. I mean, radically. And all that, all that, that, yeah, yeah. That can happen with about four minutes of scribbling Mm. symbols on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Okay. There, um, two things, but I'll, I'll, I'll save one of them. Um, because what, what you're mentioning reminds me of a process that I, that I begun taking all my clients through, which I call a quantum collapse process. And cool. basically what this is, is a process of embodiment. So it's basically this process where um, conceptually we are collapsing the timelines um, or the gap between who you become accustomed to being and who you desire to be from a character perspective, but ultimately who you really are, right? Underneath all, all the, the layers and the masks and the, the, divide, the fracturing and collapsing the perceived timeline that's based on, based on an embodiment principle. So I take them through this process. It's a meditative process where they can actually feel whatever, whatever it is instead of projecting and externalizing it's not even a projection of like, oh yeah, think and focus and project your goals. It's allowing it to actually to emerge through you as a felt embodied experience. So the idea is to be the person who does the thing automatically Mm. versus doing the thing to one day become the person. Huge. Right. And so like now what I'm and so now I see the, the connection point between a process like that or just even the, the idea of that and using that same idea with the process of just goal setting, you know, ver- basically just writing down and, and, and getting. And so this is kind of what I want to lead into now that I brought it up. And I think this has a lot to do with the thing I wanted to bring up around why positive thinking is not the answer. Um, and so I'm just kind of wrapping this, this, these things together. I'm going to hand it off to you. So a lot of times I find when people are writing things down or doing affirmations, they're not embodying the felt experience of it. They're just kind of casually going through it. And, and, you know, it's like the, the love is, you know, the law of attraction to me, when I go back and watch that movie, incredible movie incredible wisdom. Sure. And I know a lot of those guys I've studied with, with a number of those teachers, they're the real deal. I can't speak for all of them, but certain people I've studied with like Michael Beckwith and John D. Martini, Big time. those dudes are the real deal. Um, but I think what ended up happening is that people didn't necessarily get the felt, they, they felt the experience, but they didn't translate the actual wisdom. They just got like, oh, I can manifest parking spots or some nonsense, right? Um, but they didn't really get the actual like potency and power. So when they're writing these goals down, it's just kind of hopeful, wishful. And then it's like, oh, this doesn't have, this doesn't, you know, it doesn't really work. Um, so I want to, I want to just kind of tie those things together embodiment, why positivity is not the positive thinking is not the answer and, um, anything else that comes up for you. Cool. Three things. First thing is that 
the name positive thinking says, alludes to uh, or highlights 80% of the conver- 80% of the problem with that there's a big difference between positive thinking and focused writing i'd much rather be a focused writer than a positive thinker second thing is that um, embodying embodying the feeling of becoming that version of ourselves that just does it automatically or if we want to get all neville goddard about it putting ourselves in the in the in in the becoming the center of that future self okay using past tense language to create the 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 feeling of it already having transpired Um, part of that comes down to the language that we're using get the soft talk out of their people likes Possibly's, maybe's, I guesses. Okay, make sure you're using affirmative language of what you want to do or what you can do, what you will do. You know, pick pick your placement because those are all coulds, cans, woulds, wills, want tos. Those all place us psychogeographically in our mind and and on a on that specific note i like meeting yourself where you're at so if it feels better for you to say i could do that rather than i will do that go with the could until you socialize that position or you stabilize that position and then you take the next step which is can usually it's can i I could I, i could do that I, I, I guess I could. No, no, I could. I could. Hmm. They breathe a little bit. And then when that becomes normal, then you go, no, no, I can. And, and, and damn it, I will. Dot, da, dot, da, dot. Okay. And on the part of the conversation about socializing the idea and embodying these concepts, let's go back to the 90% of the population that keep what they would like to do in their mind. And it's back here. All the other stuff is in front of here. And it's a scary process to take that stuff and formulate it and boom, put it out in the real world on paper. Okay? It's a massive act of confidence and courage. Cool. Now that I've got it written down, now once you're in that 3% club, the, the, the number of people that verbalize their goals goes way down. Okay? Most people don't write goals. And then out of the people that do write goals, most people don't say them out loud because that's spooky too. That's another flavor of spooky. All right. And that's super important because you want to hear yourself say this stuff. You want to hear yourself say this stuff so you can get comfortable with that concept. And so if someone's got a goal of, getting a master's degree in neurolinguistics. And they took it from in here and they put it down on paper. And now that it's on paper and they're more comfortable than they were last week with the idea of having it on paper, now they can say it, say it out loud. Am I really going to say this? Me? Me? Moi? I'm going to be so bold as to develop myself? I... Yeah, I want to. So I'm saying it. 
uh, I, I'm, I'm getting a master's degree in neurolinguistics. You hear how I said that? It's like, I'm, part of me is like, no, you don't deserve it. You're not smart enough. Yeah, your parents didn't go to school. Yeah, see, you want to be, be a failure like them. I pledge the allegiance to dis- my dysfunction. Um, <laughs> and and, and then, then you kind of get over that part of you or take out the kind of yeah. you do enough mm-hmm. to where you say it definitively or much mm-hmm. more confidently. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, I am going to do that. Cool. I'm, I'm applying next Thursday. It's on my calendar. Great. And then, and then while you to take, to take that really home and embody it, I love that. Ta- taking the concept to heart, say this stuff out loud as spooky as it is and breathe in and out and then say it again. It's that is as far as the advanced aspects of goal setting, that's my gold. That's my platinum for everybody listening. Mm-hmm. Okay. That shit works. Yes. Say it out loud, breathe, say it again. Breathe, say it again, breathe, because again, I'm repeating myself. Most people don't write shit down. And then other people that do write it down, they don't say it out loud. And then other people that do say it out loud, they're like, I'm going to get a degree in neuroscience. You want to be the person that says what you want to do, could do, can do, will do while you're breathing abdominally. Okay. Because then you've embodied it. That's that's how you know when you've embodied a concept. Not mm-hmm. when you're locked up here, your breath is trapped and it's so all up in your head, you can't get it down in. So you feel it. So back yes. to your p- point yes. about, well, people don't feel this stuff. It's because they're not most, I'd say, I'm, I am saying 90% of the people that say that, it's because they're breathing poorly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because they haven't said it yet. 90% of the time, it'll be because they have either yet to say it, and if they have, they're, they're breathing poorly, okay? And then for the other 10% or the other 9%, I'm, I like giving myself wiggle room, it's because they've only got the goal written down. They, don't, they haven't written down the action steps, the next right. two, three action steps. So in the vocabulary goal-setting process, the goal is 3% of the conversation, Okay. That's the, that's, I'm going to get a degree in master's degree in neuroscience. There it is. It's in the future. I need to quadruple down and marry the process that it's going to take me to do that. As in what's the, what are the day-to-day requirements? What are the week-to-week requirements? What are the month-to-month requirements? And so it it looks like this. It's, it's 90, 97% of the time I'm working, I'm applying myself. I'm here down boots on the ground, rubber meets the road. And 3% of the time, I like look up and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, cool. There's the degree in neuroscience. Yep. Still there. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And I get back to work. Mm -hmm. All right. I need a little bit of, I need, I need some pick me up. Okay, cool. Yeah, there it is. Right. Back to work. Back to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think there's a, there's a very common tendency for people to get that mixed up where they're focusing majority on looking at the goal, looking at the vision, looking at just meditating, doing all the whatever mantras, affirmations, and doing it sincerely, by the way. I'm not not making fun of anyone. Actually sincerely doing that, Yes. but pretending as if this- That's all that has to happen. I wrote it down. (laughs) It's coming. Yay. And that's the message- Making fun of myself. I used to do that. Yeah. Well, likewise. And I think that's the message that people got from movies like The Secret- 
which is it, which is a part of a hermetic metaphysical equation. But if yep. you don't have all of the pieces in the formula, which do speak about action, law of attraction, magnet, all of it. We can go deep into that, but like action, electricity. You like actually have to do that. That's a key component, which you know we could we can endlessly dissect. But the point is, to your point focusing focusing on like okay i know where i'm going cool back to where i'm at back to the steps leading there it's just like i don't it's even weird to me mark that i even have to have this conversation it's actually really strange because in what world do we not work in what world do we not have a, a job or an occupation or a vocation or something that we put our time and energy into in what world do we you know i mean a, B, C, D, fill in the blank. Like everything that we've done requires some sort of enacting of our will and put, pouring ourselves into. But for some reason, in more of the spiritually orientated world, there's this in personal development, the fluffiness of it is completely gotten away from the fact that you have to do something consistently over a period of time um, for something to happen. Versus just like, I'm going to focus on in my closet and I'm praying on divine light or whatever, and it's just going to happen. When you ask that question, I in turn ask myself that question. Why is that the case? I will continue to ask myself that question until I get a, a decent answer. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Very few things are better than a good hustle, a good work ethic. Totally. Elbow grease. I mean, totally. very, like, yeah. like my dad, my dad, he's been in business for himself in a, in a, in a competitive business, which, you know, which ones aren't Yeah. Um, yeah. for the past 44 years. And he said, I'll take work ethic over talent 100% of the time. Yeah. Seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And it's, it's fulfilling. Yeah. Like people, like, I think, we, you know, we're chasing fulfillment or maybe we code it or something else, but I think fulfillment and satisfaction is really the thing that people when they're when they're seeking a goal or an experience i don't know about anyone else but for me i'm not seeking happiness like happiness is a it's it's a it's a feeling i want happiness for the planet i want it for me but that's not my my prime directive fulfillment contribution impact satisfaction um congruency of myself. Like these are the things that are, that are timeless, that are instrumental, that are not transitory based on the, the waves of the season or my emotional fluttering. Um, happiness is a byproduct and it's, it's a state. I enjoy it when it comes in, but I'm not attached to it. And I think people are, they're chasing these transit transit, um, transitory states of feeling versus the things that are immutable which satisfaction based on, like you said, like work ethic or whatever gets you there, whatever, you know, whatever gives that to you. I think these are the things that I would love to see people place more emphasis on. Indeed. 
whether it's a whether it's a relevant side note or a somewhat irrelevant side note, we were talking. I was talking about um, one of my friends who's one of the most productive people that I know. He he enjoys himself tremendously. Mm. Okay, and he rarely smiles or laughs, and he's okay with that. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. It works for him. And I, and I used to judge him. I'm like, dude, you are a tight ass, you know, dot, 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 dot. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's very focused. Mm. And he's very focused. And he enjoys being, he enjoys the way he is. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, so let's go with both. You know, let's go with both. Let's write. Let's write the thing down that we want, mm. and and let's give ourselves the 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 added value of having uh, a process, some yeah. action steps. Mm. We got a UPS truck out here, so it's a little bit loud. If it is, all good. UPS. So, I, so to distill this whole kind of uh, riff and rant that we we went on, I feel like. Riffing and raining with you is fun, by the way, Ryan. Likewise, Amen. likewise. I, I think the idea that we're getting at for anyone that might might not have gotten this whole this whole concept yes. is uh, is you know where you're going, right? So you're not confused, you're not aimless, you're not living in limbo. You're 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 all there, in other words, because you you know where you're going, but you're also present with who you are and where you're at, and you're in the process. In the process, otherwise known as the journey, sure. is the deal, right? That's where the fun, the satisfaction, the enjoyment of creating something is, but you know where you're going. That's the key. You're not just doing things just to do them, and like you're in this like aimless flow. I think like flow states, for by by the way, like, the science of flow state has to do with creating parameters, kind of like those oh, yeah. bumpers in the, the, the bowling alley. So the ball isn't just bouncing, bam, bam. But when you, when you know how to throw it and you know what your intent is, you don't need those bumpers anymore, but you need them to, as a safety because you got to instill the, the behavior. 100%. It's a, it's, a, it's a mixture of hustle and flow. Some people right. prefer more right. structure. Uh, some people prefer less structure. Uh, some people like more flow during their vacations. Mm. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's both. It's, trust me, there are plenty of surprises in life, uh, (laughs) being in the flow, like every day I wake up and I'm surprised every day. I had no clue that was going to happen. When I look back at the amount of things that I had no clue that were going to happen that happened during the day, it's actually a vast majority. Okay. I knew we were going to do this call, but all the things that we went, talked about and stories that were told, it's, it's, it's mostly surprises. Put your, create a little bit of structure about the things that are interesting to you, and, and you're, getting, you're going to get plenty of flow, whether yeah. you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that's been my experience as well. So, um, man, we, we dove into so much. I definitely recommend people go back over this and uh, listen to it a time or two or three. Um, Mark, what else can be said right now about this topic of goal setting? What we, what hasn't been said, how can we kind of 
conclude this conversation for people? And are there any like any particular steps or practices or modalities that we would like to encourage people? Um, I definitely think people need to be taking your vocabulary course, like matter of factly. It's a good course. Yeah, it's a solid course. Mm-hmm. Parting, parting notes, pun intended. Use this thing more. That's all. That's that's. Yeah. I mean, people are smart. You know, information's out there. You want to get good at something? Read a few books on goal setting. Mm-hmm. Go to a couple of goal setting workshops. Look for what is working, and and look at look at what resonates with you. Ask questions about what. Just just dive in a little bit. Yeah. Very rarely do I I meet people that say, "Man, I've been I've been." Uh, uh, writing goals for for years now and the, and the shit doesn't work at all <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never met anybody that says that you know yeah. people are yeah. most of the time it's it's uh all that stuff happened yeah and i'm like cool use this more be more of a a focused writer and write what you want to do conversationally okay that's my that's my tech tip Write it out conversationally. Be a focused writer instead of a positive thinker. Totally. Yeah, this, this idea of like abundance mindset. I feel like there is no abundance mindset. There's abundant behavior. Exactly. I was about to say, how about abundant processes? Right. I've got an abundance of, of, of processes <laughs> that uh, uh, you know, give me, well, what I desire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Let's, um, uh, we talked a lot more about it in our last interview, but let's kind of give people just a little bit of a, a, a recap on vocabulary. How sure. can they find that? I really, really want people to explore that for themselves. Sure. Procabulary is a productivity tool. It helps people organize what they think and say, so they stay focused on what matters to them. Yeah, there's a subset, a spooky subset, a spooky, addictive, uh, um, dysfunctional, disruptive, conflicted subset of the English language called conflict language that people use accidentally because of a lack of education. We didn't learn this stuff in school about how our language is influencing us. And when I mean us, I mean our imagination, what aspects of us, our imagination our feelings and emotions, our physical body, and how we breathe. We help people use their language to align those things. Mm-hmm. And so it makes, it makes being able, that's another part of the conversation we'll just leave out there for people to figure out. It helps people become more able to see themselves in, in, in successful ways in their future. So they can then take notes about what they're looking at and write it down, also known as goal setting, and mm. to know what language to use less of so they, they more easily stay on that path, okay? Vocabulary helps you stay on the path. Vocabulary mm. helps you stay on the path. If you want to learn more about this course, it's a 21-day online course, 10 minutes a day, 21 lessons, 10 to 15 minutes a day, mm-hmm. five-minute video, quick quiz about the video, Three thought-provoking questions. It's an IV drip of this information, so you it sinks in and you start to see things. 
things and hear things differently. And you're like, cool, yes, there's there's the soft talk. I'm going to take out the like and the maybe, and I'm going to be more solid. Or there's the negations. That's where I'm talking about what isn't possible and and what I don't want to keep doing. And and okay, so Mm. I do want to do more of this. Right Mm. there, it is. Cool. I like that. Feels good. And then and then turn it around the the blame game. Super important. Mm. The most successful people that I know rarely play the blame game yeah hard yeah as in as in i mean rarely and out of the 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 a handful of successful people that i know that do do that um those people have very small they have small cold social circles Mm -hmm. put that in your peace pipe and smoke it and so core language upgrade the 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 online course go to procabulary.org go to courses three minute video about it if that interests you click on get it now you'll go to the next page and uh uh the for the the coupon add, click add coupon put in next level you'll get a hundred dollars off it's a 299 course you get a hundred bucks off you have access to the, the videos forever and do the course. If you get the course, do the course. Yes. That's, that's, and this is a, this is a issue with, I, you know, that I have, it's on my side of the street, man, I'll say it two ways. It annoys me when people buy the course and they don't take it. Cause I'm like, guess what would happen if you did? Let me say it another way. I love it when people buy the course and finish. Yes. The course. <clears throat> I feel exactly the same way with my online courses. Yeah. It's like, I mean, thank you. And I did this for you. Mm. This wasn't just as a, as a business. Like I set this up as a business so I could impact more people. Mm. And so, you know, get the reward of your investment and your time and your own, your own, you know, up leveling of your own self value, like invest yourself into something like this and go all the way. So you can experience all the things that you want to experience because your self value and your self respect goes up you know, dramatically. And that, that translates into better quality of life, better health, better energy, better relationships, more income earning potential and whatever you are doing or will be doing. I mean, it's just infinite. True story. Yeah. Mark, this has been the best ever. Thanks so much for coming Dude, on. Love it, man. You're great conversationalist. Mm. And thank you everybody for listening. All right, everyone, definitely highly recommend this course. Go back through this conversation a time or two. If you did not listen to part one with me and Mark England, go through that and love to hear your feedback on how uh, this conversation, these concepts are influencing your perceptual filters and hopefully giving you more, um, more possibilities to integrate and body and to experience in your life. So that's it for me. Everyone enjoy, and uh, we'll be back around with another interview very soon. I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnylandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. 
And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.